Dating Pod. My name is Osari, and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture, society, and the experiences of Nigerians in diaspora. On this episode, my guest Shumoke Moses, aka Jumi, host of A Word to the Wise podcast, joins us. We explore a key concept when it comes to emotional intelligence, and it speaks to the boundaries you must set for yourself and others, especially the people you love. Establishing boundaries is important for any individual, but due to culture, religion, and trauma, and a host of other reasons, most people struggle with this. We unpack what setting boundaries means in this context. On Instagram, I've been following this woman called the Holistic Psychologist for a while now. Her name is Dr. Nicola Pera. She's a trained clinical psychologist who left her practice to find a more holistic ways to help people with their mental health and relationships. On her page is where I first heard and understood the concept of boundaries. She recently released a book called How to Do the Work, and I think there's some powerful stuff in there. The chapter I've decided to focus on, though, is, of course, Boundaries, where she goes into more detail than she's ever captured in her Instagram. We explore examples both popular and personal, particularly with our closest relationships, and we figure out how to identify when we are being violated, as well as when we might be doing the violation. Now, this was a fun and wild conversation, and a little too raw or honest for my taste. But then again, I expect nothing less of my guest, Jimmy. Enjoy the show. Do not disturb me, please. If it go cost my peace, that's some expensive shit. Oh. If it no be money, do not disturb me, please. My disorder, it is what it is. Yeah. My baby. So today I have Jumoke Moses, my favorite podcast host um, from A Word to the Wise podcast. You should go check it out right now, available wherever you have podcasts. She's also my cousin and a very emotionally intelligent person. So I had to have her on for this conversation. Jumi, say hi to the people. Hey, everyone. Osai, you're really busting my head because I hope that I sound emotionally intelligent to these people, <laughs> to the listeners. <laughs> no, I just hyped you up, right? You're going to be looking at you now like, you're a fam. What was this guy talking about? Right. Look, right she's, she's very emotionally intelligent with me and I guess my emotions. Let's, let, let's, let's do that. Okay. So um, I think the first thing we should, I got to address really is just, you know, why are we getting to this? Why are we discussing the idea of boundaries? And um, for me, the main thing is that there's a lot of cultural transitioning for Nigerians and Africans in diaspora, right? You know, some of us grew up back home and are maturing and adapting to a new society whose sensibilities are not consistent with what we were brought up with, just to be honest. Um, And for good and bad reasons, I would say, right? So it's not like it's all bad or all good. You know, there there are good things that we want to keep from home and there are bad things we want to keep from home. Same thing here. Um, I think culturally, though, there are a lot of, there's a lot of dogma that we inherit from our family and our personal experiences, right? I don't even say school and work environments. These things shape your perspective. You know, the, the bad experiences often show up as trauma. And all of this may have you constructing a life that's not really yours based on the fears that you have. And, you know, what your family and your peers may feel or value is best for you. Not necessarily what you think is best for you. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this ultimately ends up with people denying themselves when it comes to their to an issue of like self-expression and being the authentic selves. I know for me in the past, I think I've definitely struggled with it. You know, you kind of get to this point where you're asking a question, this question like, okay, like, is this really what I want or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't realize how mm-hmm. much of other people's ideas you've soaked up in for that long. Right. Um, 
I think this issue is manifesting in a whole range of ways anyway, but it ultimately ends up with whether or not you're happy with your day-to-day interactions and the person you see in the mirror, right? Mm. Um, so how exactly do we establish these boundaries and how do we do it in a way that doesn't betray our family, friends, culture, religion, ETC, but most importantly, ourselves? Mm. Um, I want to pull a quote and I want to get your thoughts on this, Jimmy. Okay. Um, so, so, so the uh, quote from the book that we're reading goes along the lines of boundaries provide a necessary foundation for every relationship you have. Most importantly, the one you have with yourself. They are the retaining walls that protect you from what feels inappropriate, unacceptable, inauthentic, or just plain not desired. When boundaries are in place, we feel safer to express our authentic wants and needs. We're able to better regulate our autonomic nervous system, which sounds really smart, but I have no clue what that means. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was about to ask you, I'm like, huh, what is, okay, go ahead. Uh, um, In in, in other words, we're living more fully in that social engagement zone because we have established limits that cultivate safety. And Mm. we we rid ourselves of the uh, resentment that comes along with denying our own essential needs. Right. Yep. So obviously I paraphrase there, but go and read the book if you want the exact, <laughs> exact quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jimmy, well, like, you know, after reading the book and after, you know, conversations we had, like, you know, what, what is your concept of boundaries? How do you, you know, what are, what do you see when, when someone says that to you now? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because I think you and I were talking about this at some point that everybody's talking about boundaries and literally you and I were just saying that this is a hot topic because it's so important and boundaries are actually so hard to implement. And I guess like as the conversation goes on, we'll get more into why that's difficult. But yeah, I, I totally agree with every part of the definition that I understand. Um <laughs> Like the autonomy uh, automatic part. Yeah, that the you, autonomic that you, nervous the, system response. Right. The, right I, In I'm other not, words, just be more present because right. you feel comfortable. <laughs> exactly. She <laughs> she lost me there a little bit, but how you describe it is is exactly spot on. No, I think I think it's important to talk about boundaries because we're all trying to figure out what those are for each and every one of us. Mm. And when we have these conversations, I used to get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh my God. Um this is exactly how boundaries are supposed to work for everyone. And I realized more and more, and like I I was telling you before in a previous conversation that boundaries are almost like a case by case basis and you have to kind of figure them out for yourself and like proceed. But I'm so excited to talk about the, some of the guidelines that um, the author, I'm forgetting her name at the moment, but Uh, laid out. Right. Right. Nicole laid out in her book because I think they're really, really spot on and they were very eye opening for me. But I definitely think that it's about checking in with yourself. And you mentioned something about earlier about like, how do we set boundaries without betraying others, but most importantly, without betraying ourselves? I think you know, making sure we're not betraying ourselves is the most important part because people are going to be offended when you set boundaries. Like that's just what it is. People are going to catch an attitude. You might lose some friends. Family might not talk to you depending on like how. What the situation is. Right. Right. Exactly. So I'm excited to jump into all of that. Okay. Awesome. And me too. Uh, And yeah, like I'm super interested in the nuance of it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's some of the things that are like, okay, yeah, obviously that's a clear violation. Like, no. 
right? right. But I feel like those that those nuances where like things are at stake are what's super interesting to me. So we'll get into yeah. that a little bit. But I want to establish the concept first for anyone who's listening so that we, we understand how we're going to be approaching this, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to set the parameters and the way she broke it down in the book, right? She said there are three different boundary types, right? So she's like, there is a physical boundary, right? Where you essentially are talking about, um, you know, maybe how you look or uh, just, you know, things that may be tied into like sex or identity, those kind of things. Um, there are resource boundaries, which are more tied into like time, money, just, you know, giving a certain amount of a resource that you have, whether or not you like it, right? And it's the mental and emotional boundary where it talks about how, you know, certain things might affect, affect you or impact you emotionally that you need to basically draw boundaries for yourself to protect yourself. So we'll get into details for that. But in every, in every single one of these cases, right, we're talking about different styles of boundaries. So for example, if we're talking about a physical boundary, right? Some people are a little bit loose with their boundary. Some people are a little bit rigid and some people are a little bit more flexible. Now, based on everything that I read, flexible is where you want to be, which is kind of annoying because you just really would, (laughs) it would have been nice to just have a clear line. You know what I mean? But flexible is where you want to be because you're reading every single situation. So like, uh, I think a loose physical boundary would be like, you know, maybe somebody, let's say you're conscious about your weight and somebody keeps talking about your weight and, um, they're your friend and they keep talking shit about your weight, but you don't feel comfortable telling them that, hey, stop, this makes me feel a certain type of weight, right? right? Or, you know, or your skin color, you know, there's a lot of colorism issues that are happening, well, always happening, always been happening, right? Um, That's another one, right? Where it's like, hey, I, you know, I don't like you calling me, you know, uh, this darker skin or lighter skin because, you know, don't like, don't keep, don't keep mentioning it. Yes. You know, it might work for me in this way or work for me in that way, but I don't feel comfortable with that. And then some people are a little bit more rigid and rigid really kind of just goes along the line of like any little thing that you talk about is it like, you know, you, <laughs> it's, a, it's a trigger. They, they it's get a trigger. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yo, don't, don't be talking about, it's just like, Hey, look, and I was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a word, right? Like, or something that like, how, what can you think of like someone with a rigid physical boundary, what that would come off like? It's just everything comes like they read everything almost like an attack. Right. It's like I need to protect myself. Right. It's a right. It, it's a rigid people tend to have more of a trauma response, you know, like oh, it's like, um, you know, it. like don't how dare you. Right. So, for example, like you just talked about with physical looks, some people, some people with rigid um boundaries you might be like oh wow you look really beautiful and they could be like how dare you like comment on my looks it's not all it's not all about my yeah. looks and it's yeah, like exactly. oh my god i bring more to the table right i have more value than that is like right um, right paying you a compliment like right you know what a I mean? harmless a harm and what in your mind considers you consider to be a harmless comment they're like oh my god like right they're just so right uptight 
Right. And then, so ideally you want to be flexible, right? So if let's say it's a nice, cool person that comes and compliments you, like, Hey, thanks. You know what I mean? And let's say it's somebody who, you know, they have the wrong intentions and they're making, you know, you know, they're giving you enough signs and you're like, yo, Hey, can you, you should not, be able to decipher can you not right. do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I think it's, you know, it's kind of like when girls, uh, I feel like girls are really good with the, with the physical boundaries, mm. um, when it comes to guys. In the sense that, like, I mean, let's say it's just a random guy. If it's a mm-hmm. guy that's your friend and he's violating, that might be a little tricky. Yeah. But it's like when guys are going and trying to ask a girl out on a date, right? <laughs> you know, you go in and you spit your game. If she thinks you're fly, she thinks you're fine. Right. There's going to be no problem. Why you, you know, it's like, oh, you know, hey, you know, you look really good in those jeans, man. I she's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and like if it's the same person, another guy that she's not feeling, she's just like, you know, the guy's like, oh, you really look in those jeans. Like, what are you looking at? You know, I know. like <laughs> completely That's different messed energy. Up, though. That's messed up though. It's so messed up, but like, yo, you know, nobody want to talk about it. So I'll just leave it at right, that. Right? right. But like, so I think, I think like, you know, for, you know, so that's like, an easy way to kind of gauge based on what your preference is, right? Then with resource boundaries, like, you know, you're really talking about, okay, um, you don't have time. This, I'm very, I've been very guilty of. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, especially on the time front. Money, you know, maybe a little better, but like on the time front, it's just like, I have to be somewhere. And it's been, I had to be somewhere 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still having the conversation. This person's fine. They're probably tired and they're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. But somehow I, I'm still here having this conversation. Yeah. And I'm about, I'm about to be 30 minutes late. Yeah. You know? So I think that's one of like the bigger challenges that um, I personally had just in terms of like not being able to man- manage that boundary for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel like, you know, obviously being rigid with that is kind of like, hey, you know, <laughs> someone can tell you, hey, um, this person is dying and you need to go and show up there. And it's like, fam. Yo, my gym appointment, my right. my trainer is today. Right. I can't. Right. So you, <laughs> you can know die. what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah. So um, you know, bro, like I have a schedule and I can't really break out of my schedule because, you know, or just like, you know, like somebody's like, I'm dying and sick, yo, I'm gonna get back to you in two business days. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like I have this important exam that I need to write. So you know, I don't give a fuck how you feel or whether or not you're dying. Like, we'll figure it out in two days. If you're not, if you're not ready, to, it's cool. You know, right, but, um, right. Right, right. So I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, the idea is obviously flexibility there. And then there's a the mental and emotional, which, um, I think probably is probably the biggest part and probably the hardest to manage where, uh, you know, if you, you know, it's just kind of like sometimes. So one of the things they talk about here is emotional dumping. And mm-hmm. the idea of mm-hmm. emotional dumping is like, uh, when you go and you're sharing stuff with somebody and you kind of just like unleash on them and like, you never really just care to find out what their situation is, whether it's a good time for them to talk or hear all of that information. And especially when it is a lot, it's also draining, right? Because it will also be draining for that person who's trying to listen and be there for you. So loose emotional boundaries are when you're the person, the recipient of that, where you're constantly- <laughs> I know, right? You know, I remember I was talking to you and I was like, yeah, like, um, you know, have I ever emotionally dumped on you? Because I know I've vented to you a bunch of times, right? Yeah. And um, I thought what was interesting was like, like, you know, you're not, you're typically working towards a solution. Like, so I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not an asshole, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. like, but, but like, sorry, you're going to say something? No, I was just going to say like, in my experience, and just to even add to your point a little bit, in my experience, the people who I feel like are emotionally dumping on me are like, looking for me to solve their issue, right? Oh, it's okay. like they're frustrated and it's like, oh, but I, I need you to validate my frustration or I need you to like tell me what to do to figure it out. And I'm like, bro, like I'm not a 
I'm not, I don't even have to, I'm not, your I'm not the Buddha. Like, I don't know what you want to say, you know, <laughs> right. I'm not your therapist. So yeah. the difference between um, those people and like you talking to me about stuff is like, you're talking it out. I'm more listening. It doesn't right. feel like you're dumping on me, but right. Right. yeah. Which is good. Right. I think I'm typically too, like whenever I'm doing, I'm trying to work through it. You know what I right. mean? So I will talk, jump in and get feedback. And I'm typically asking, like, you know, I kind of let you know as well, right? Because right. you, you kind of still need to have those kind of conversations. Um, but yeah, so that's that's essentially what emotional dumping is. It's just really not being able to, like, have that boundary and say, hey, this is not a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another problem, too, with people who emotionally dump is that they're not always looking for a solution. They just want you to hear them cry. Mm-hmm. or complain and like you mm-hmm. said be on their side like right. i've been in a situation where somebody was emotionally dumping on me and um i was I, I, every time right i, I didn't want to think like, i was fine i was cool right I'd like you know maybe that was you know like maybe i can't manage my boundaries but like um i was cool with it right mm-hmm. but the problem was every time i would like recommend a solution i'm like oh maybe you should try this or maybe you should try that and they're like no no <laughs> Like, right, right, like right. rejected, and they're like, "Yo, why are you trying to solve the problem? I just want to complain." And it's like, uh, <laughs> "I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that shit." Right? You know what I mean, okay, yeah, hour? I gotta go. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, so I think we, like, the, obviously, the mental aspect of things kind of like ties in as well, right? Like, so I think we've gotten a good idea of the boundary types and just the idea of this different style. Some people are a little bit more loose with it. Some people are a little bit more rigid. And ideally, you want to be flexible. And I think it also differs depending on the scenario right mm-hmm. yeah. so that that like takes me to the next thing i want to talk about so yeah um how do we manage boundaries in different settings you know mm. how how do we you know, how do we deal with the challenges that come? Because I, I really do want to get to the tricky kind of uncomfortable parts. And, you know, we don't need to stay there too long, but let's, hey, I, let's I think that stay helps. there. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Let's stay there. I, yeah. loved, I love that energy. So let's, <laughs> let's go for it. So one of the first things I want to talk about is family, right? Mm. Like managing these boundaries with family, mm-hmm. which is kind of, which is hard, right? So the book talks about this thing where um, it's called enmeshment. And it's like an idea of like, it typically happens with family. And, and it's an idea of like, group think with family. So that's like, oh, we are the this and we do not tolerate this kind of behavior or this kind of behavior or this kind mm-hmm. of behavior. And if you do that, you'll be banished from this house. I will disown you. You know, all of those kind of things, right? And I think a lot of African and Niger- Nigerian and I think African families feel feel this as well because you're really trying to protect that culture. And, you know, I feel like this is where like a lot of problems stem from, you know, how do you manage that stuff? So, um, have you experienced any weird things? I, I mean, I obviously we're family, so I know your family <laughs> and your family is pretty cool, but like, <laughs> have you ever had to like, you know, just do with set any boundaries for your parents, for your siblings, you know, for even, um, cousins, like how, how, like, have you had any of those kind of challenges? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Right. And I definitely have, and mm-hmm. the way I solved that was because I, I typically am on the loose side of things with boundaries. Okay, for all those listening, I'm I'm typically on the loose side with boundaries. I'm Same. like gotta, Mrs. Yeah. Save the World. I'm trying to help everybody with their problems. I'm right. an empath, so I just want to come to everybody's rescue. So um in situations with the family thing, being the eldest daughter, 
right? There's so many expectations on you. Like, oh, Jumi, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And, you know, you never just really have your time. And especially because of my personality, I I tend to be more of a nurturing figure. So I think a lot of people in my family... I, I'm not going to say they take advantage of that. I think I bring just that depend strength. on you. Yeah. Right. They depend just, on you for that. Yeah. They depend on sense. me emotionally. Right. Um, and also just depend on me to set an example and stuff like that. So right. that can get very overwhelming. And sometimes it's hard to even set a boundary for that. So to go back to my point, I think the way I've dealt with that is literally moving away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I get that. I've because yeah, I needed to create that physical distance. And right. sometimes people think boundaries, they need to be verbal. You need to have a conversation. Right. right. And I'm realizing that that's not always the case. You don't always need to have a conversation to set a boundary. Right. Sometimes you set the boundary by taking certain actions. It's not like I'm. Um, trying to stay away from my family. I love my family to death. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. super close. Like I'm very close with my parents and there I'm at a point now that they look at me as an adult and they trust right. every decision that I make. Right. They were probably still going to put their two cents, but they're not doing the most. Right. But I definitely needed to move away to find myself, not to be mm-hmm. cliche here, <laughs> but right. just to find myself, worry about my emotions, even though I still didn't end up doing that for like two years, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had to move away. So that's how I dealt with that whole, you know, emotional dumping and just needing that nurturing for me, which I love to give, but I was not giving it to myself. For for family members that were Outside of my nuclear family, I definitely did the same thing as well. And Osai, you know, some of these um, situations definitely created a lot of distance. Right. Um, And I I just don't reach out as much as I need to. Right. And, you know, because I I don't want anybody in my business. I don't do well when people are like, oh, well, you should be doing this. Or like they're, they're, especially when it comes to like my love life, for example. Right. Like, oh. Okay, it's one thing for me to chop it up with you. It's another thing for you to be like in it in a way that's just so uncomfortable and just strange, right? right so right. I moved away. Yeah, <laughs> it, it totally makes sense, right? Like, I think it totally makes sense. I, that's something I used to think about as well. But obviously I've been, you know, I've been away from home because I had to, you know, travel out of the country for university. Uh, I had to come to Canada here for university and um, just... Through that process, I just realized like, yo, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have this level of freedom if my parents lived in the same city and I was going to university, mm-hmm. you know, I would have to fight for it. You know what I mean? I have to fight to the nail to just leave right. that time. It's always going to be an issue, all of those kind of things. So that's one of the things I really thought about, like, yeah, like, you know, that bound, that was unintentional, but it was absolutely necessary that I've something I've grown used to appreciating. Right. Like, and the same thing, I love my family. We are always, you know, talking and like, you know, connecting and I'm there. Right. But, you know, that really does help like manage that. What about, um, you know, so you talked about relationships a little bit, right. What do you think about these situations where, um, families are like, Oh, you cannot marry this person and you cannot marry this person, whether it's a guy, girl, whatever that situation, like, you know, how do you see that? Like, you know, cause for me, like, you know, a, a guy or girl 
in that situation, you've like decided this person is who you want to marry and all of that kind of stuff. And you're like in love. And um, the family comes in and says, oh, we don't like her. You know, she's not mm-hmm. from this place or this <laughs> right, place or right. that place. Or she does not, she's not a, uh, she's not a doctor or she's not a this. He's not, right. he's not an engineer or he's not a doctor or a lawyer. And he, you know, how much is he, you know, all of those kind of things. And they start questioning whether or not that you guys should be together, you know? Mm. Um, or wh- what do you think about that? Cause that's something that definitely happens a lot in the Nigerian. And again, I don't know about other African countries, but I think that is, that is also a bit of an African thing as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. So luckily I will say that my parents are typically reasonable people. Mm -hmm. And if they say they don't like someone, Mm -hmm. I will pay attention to it because they're not just going to like someone for something stupid. Like, oh, they're like a different race or they come from a different tribe. Like it's going to be something most likely like a character flaw. Yes, they might have comments like, damn, right. They might have comments like, damn, this person is from where? Hmm. Okay, but um, it's not enough to be like, don't date this person or something like that. So I do have friends who've been in situations where their parents just, they hear where this person is from. They won't even give them a chance and they just like start talking ish or like really dissuading them for being in that relationship. And I've had a friend who's literally been like, I don't really care what my parents think. Like, that's your business. Keep it to yourself. And I'm not going to have this conversation with you because you're, when we have the conversation, we're going to end up fighting. So typically when I hear those type of things, I always tell people like, if, if your parents are not, they have an issue over something that's very trivial and vain and it doesn't make sense. Easier said than done, but you can't always listen to what your parents are saying in regards to your love life, right? Because a lot of times, unfortunately, Nigerian parents don't have the healthiest um, marriages. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to shake the table too much. So I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) I don't want to shake the table too much. hundred percent. Like, yeah, because you see somebody and like, you know, somebody shouting and you're like, yo, dude, didn't I, you know, it's it's so interesting, right? But but, but I think you make such a good point, right? And and, and the key thing that you touched on there from your own personal experience is like, you know, how your parents are approaching it. So I think that's really key. Like, what kind of advice am I getting? You know, right. is, is, the, right. is are they saying, hey, look, we met this person, you know, they didn't seem to do this, they didn't seem to do that, you know, and then, you know, we're, we're okay and it's cool, but, you know, if you want somebody who wants to, you know what I mean? Like, you can also tell when the advice is like for you, like, yes. okay, I know you, I love you, and um, I'm just getting to know this person, but there's certain key things that that I'm not sure about, you know? So, hey, right. like, you know, you know, I'm not going to say, don't date this person, but you should consider this, which is obviously some, that's that's a perfect example of them respecting your boundaries. Right. You know what right. I mean? So, right. and in some cases, they're like, oh, no, I won't do this. You know? And even if it's for a good reason, I think, like, communication becomes key. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're an adult, like, you know, there's a reason why, you've taken this step to introduce this person to your family. So if they're having that issue, um, you know, they should also understand that you didn't just like pick this person randomly from the street. You built something already and this is why you're ready to kind of take that next step. Mm -hmm. So if they don't consider that and they just kind of, you know, react or they're very reactive or they emotionally react to like, oh, I heard one name and I don't like the tribe <laughs> or I don't like, you know, right, oh, he's, he's, he's not from the, you know, oh, it's not from the yeah. country or whatever that kind of thing is. I think. Oh, he has tattoos or yeah. she's, you know, whatever or the situation is. she has piercings. Is. Yeah, she has piercings. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, like, okay. yeah. So, or like, yeah, like, oh, she has a nose piercing and a, thing, and a tongue piercing. What, yeah. what does that mean? And yeah. it's like, yeah, like, you know, 
okay, but that does not tell you the full story of the person, you know? Right, right. Um, another interesting one for me too is just like, and I was watching this show, um, Mayor of Easttown. I don't okay. know if you heard it. it's a HBO show, right? And it was like very popular. Like I think I've heard it, but I haven't watched yeah. it. Right. So there, there's this there's this storyline in the show where there's this black lady. Her brother is a junkie, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the guy's a junkie, and basically he's out on the streets, whatever the case may be. But the problem is, some every now and then he gets arrested, and when she ends up having to pay his bill, and he, they always typically need to take him somewhere, and she ends up having to take him in, right? And the problem is every time she does that, this dude steals from her. He steals her shit, breaks some of her shit, breaks out and leaves. And it's it was so devastating because you could see that this is something that always happened and it was taking its toll on her, you know? So I always, I just thought about that. I was just like, fuck, like, how do you draw that line? I'm like, because it's ugly. You know, someone I'm saying like, one, your, 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 your brother is still going through this drug addiction and he's showing up and he, you're seeing him every day. You know, he's not clean. You know, that it's going to take more than whatever you think for him to get clean. And, um, you kind of still have to take care of him. You know what I'm saying? Where does that line happen? You know, like, 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 and that's tricky. I'll, I'll, I'll start with this one. Like, so what I was thinking was just like, okay, if she had a young kid, right. She had like a baby or like a kid that was pretty much in their teens, like that would, that would be, I think that would be a fair reason to like draw that line and be like, Hey, look, I love you. And when you're ready, I will, you know, I'll take some time with you, but like, you can't come here no more. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, like that might be a fair line, but it's just like, that's such a hard thing to do because if something happens to them as a result of that decision, that's something that's going to be extremely hard to forgive yourself for. You know what I mean? So I think like, that's one of those, it was interesting because of the consequences of like, drawing that boundary and what that could mean, you know? What what do you think about that? Like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I don't think we have any personal experiences, but like, what do you think about that? Like as as a situation? Yeah. um, That's a very, very, very good um, thing that you just brought up because I definitely don't have experience with that. I mean, you know, thankfully that's such a hard right. thing for families, oh. right? Knock on wood. That's just such a hard thing to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. When you have somebody that you love so much, like I'm trying to picture, God forbid, like one of my sisters or my cousins, like right. having this issue and like, you don't want them on the street, right? Like right. I wouldn't feel comfortable walking down the street and like my my sister, my cousin, whatever is like under the bridge, you right. know, it, you know, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. So that's a very, this is one of those situations where boundaries are super gray. And there's that feeling of, it's giving me sort of like enmeshment vibes almost in the sense of well, like, it's, okay. It's so tricky though. Like, like yeah. is, it, is it really enmeshment? Because like, because it's not like even about like the way the family, because the enmeshment is like, oh, this is how the family does things. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where like, you know, it's like your humanity. You know, how do you, how do you like, you, you know what I'm saying? Cause at some point it's just like, yo, if you're a mother or a father and like your child is here and you know, this junkie can literally bring anyone into your house or put you at risk in more than a couple of ways. And they've proven it. And I say junkie, but I know this is family, right? This is your, yeah. brother, this is your sibling. Yeah. But it's just like, I feel like in that kind of situation, you know, imagine losing your child because you left the other thing on the open. 
what, like, how do you balance that out? You know what I mean? And I think, um, I, I just thought about that because, you know, I was watching, I was just like, and I saw that situation. I was like, yo, what do you do? Like, you know, I, I, I see her frustration because she tried to kick him out, but you know, things happen and she brought him back in and she was like, no, she's telling the cops like, no, don't bring him here. So it's just like, yeah. that's so understood because like that takes its toll on you, but it's just like, how do you manage that? Especially yeah. when you don't have the solution, you know, right. you don't, if they don't decide to kick that habit, which is an extremely difficult habit to kick, especially if it's like heroin or crack or any of these, like really all these opiate drugs, like how do you balance that, you know, unlimited resources, by the way. Yeah. I mean, and and the only reason why I said it's enmeshment, because I think of enmeshment as it's almost like you and the person's life are like have merged together, right? right? Because enmeshment doesn't always just happen with family. It could happen with you know, anybody that you have a very close relationship to and it's like their life and what they're doing is like how they operate in the world. Because, you know, if, if families have a cer- certain like certain rules or, or value system where it's like we do this together, it's like you're not a single entity. It's like right. you're part of this thing. So, right. um, yeah, that's very hard. And to be ca- quite honest with you, I, I'm not even going to lie. I probably would continue to take them in because like you if said, you had a kid. If I had a kid, you yeah, know, like I a think, four-year-old. Oh, and they were coming to my house and stealing and doing no. See, if, if I have another life to take care of, then <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be easier for me to really set that right. boundary. Yeah, right. like you're not right. gonna come to my house. Right. I'm gonna move. Gonna change my number. Like, right. and I know that's, but it's just the truth. Like, I'm not gonna put that's my child fair. at risk. Yeah. But if right. it's just me, mm-hmm. you know, I probably would still be very like. Like I'd be wanting to help, but if if it's a situation where like they're bringing around people who I might be scared of, you know, mm-hmm. my life or anything, I'd be very worried. I'd probably, you know, go out of my way to put them in um, rehab, which some t- a lot of times that doesn't end up working, or try to sure. like put them in programs because obviously it's an addiction, and it's an addiction. Addictions are illnesses. People right. don't talk about that, you know. So I would maybe try to solve the root of the problem, but it just comes to a point where like, you're just like, yo, like I love you so much, but, and, and I hope that you know that and I will help in whatever way I can. But there's this like, in terms of like time and resources right now, Mm -hmm. I'm at a cap. So I'm, I need you to figure it out, especially when, you know, that person is an adult as well. Right. Um, but if I had a child with me, yeah, that's a, it's going to be very easy to set that boundary. Yeah. Like, it's going to be very, very yeah. easy. But yeah, it's tricky. That. It's very tricky. Okay. So um, I think we've, we've, we've kind of covered that. Next thing I want to talk about is like romantic relationships. God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think one of the key things is like, okay, what am I going to start with? Um, let's start with something easy, right? Um, finance. Like, you know, if this oh, okay. person, if you feel like you're with this person on like, they don't spend enough money on you. Like what, what would that boundary be? And it's like, is that like, is that a boundary or is it like ultimatum? You know what I'm saying? Like, if let's say, like, I, I, I'm really curious your perspective because, like, I'm a guy, so I don't, you know, mm-hmm, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't really speak to it. But like, 
you know, if you're you're dealing with a guy and like, you know, maybe he has money, but like he doesn't like ball out of control or he's not like, you know, taking you on trips to like, you know, Jamaica and all these kind of things. Like, is that a, is that a, is that an issue for you? You know what I mean? Or is that like, like, or is just the idea of like spending money? You know what I mean? Like, or how much money they make. If let's say you want to like go the long way and like be with them, like, you know, like be married to them, for example. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't even know if that's a, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like an upside down boundary because um, it's almost like a character type thing that you're bringing into relationship. But let me just put it this way, right? I'm not one of those girls who are like, you're making this amount of money. So I expect to be flown out every other week. I'm just not like, that's just not my personality. What about Birkins? What about Birkins? I think those bags are ugly. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Like, I honestly don't like money is just, okay. I'm going to go on a two second tangent. Money is just such an interesting concept because what people put like place worth like who defines how much of Birkin is supposed to be? Like ten thousand dollars? That's ridiculous. Hermes, it's ugly. Hermes, Hermes decided. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you could you could slap a water bottle and put a price on like, put a price on it for like twenty thousand dollars and be like, this water makes you smarter and rich yeah. people will buy it. Yeah, just put um, LV on the water bottle. And, yeah. <laughs> and people will yeah. buy it. Yeah. Um, but just to answer your question, like I said, I'm not one of those girls who's like, I expect you to fly me out, right? But I do hate, I hate stingy guys. I, I okay. don't like stingy people, right? And it's not because I know that you're a millionaire that I'm expecting you to spend $500,000 $500, of those dollars on me, right? right? But if you're stingy in ways where it's like, okay, we go out and you're like, Fighting the way. First date doesn't pay, doesn't, doesn't buy, uh, pay for both of you, just pays for himself. That would turn me off. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I always so, fake so, to bring so, my wallet out. So, so that's your. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. So, so that's your boundary. So basically, there's no second date if he's not buying your dinner on the first date. I just think that's okay. I can be very traditional in certain ways. I just feel like there's that's no, odd. Like, there's genuinely no judgment. Like, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's like, it's totally fine. Like, you know, but yeah, I just want, I'm just curious. So first Yeah, date. that would be odd. Okay. That would be, that would be definitely. How many dates later would you be like, okay, would you be okay with him saying, hey, do you want to cover this? <laughs> okay, first of all, it? I don't even think you should ask. That's just a uh, <laughs> cringe in my ears, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think you should ask. Oh, I would, okay. I, I genuinely, anybody that knows me, you know me, Osai, like I'm a very, I'm, I'm a reasonable girl. I'm a reasonable, yeah, I'm a reasonable are. girl. Yeah. So if I'm feeling you and we're vibing, I would say like, I think the third date I would offer. Okay. Like if we gone on two consecutive dates. Okay, well, and you already deal- said that you would pretend to offer on the first date. Yeah, I pretend so to offer on the, on the first date. So on the right. third, on the third date, you wouldn't be pretending. You would be. No, I'd be serious. I'd be like, don't than- worry, I'll cover it. Yeah, okay, like don't I worry, see. I got this. You know, interesting. Um, and a lot of times in my experience, guys would be like, oh no, don't worry about it. Like I was still, yeah. you know, I was still foot the bill. Yeah. Um, but I will by the third date and we're vibing, I will genuinely mean it. I won't, you know, I won't be doing it right. as like, like I know you're thing. gonna tell me to put it away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, I just don't like stingy guys at all. Cause I'm not stingy. So I'm the type of person if I'm if I, you know, F with you and I if, if we're having a good time, like I will 
you know, spend money on you as well, based on my budget. Right. You know, so. (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah. So so I'm, yeah, because for me, like, I mean, because a lot of women talk about this, right? And they're like, yo, I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want to ever pay for, you know, a date or whatever the case may be. And so how do you feel about that, Osai? Me I want to know, do you like, do you feel comfortable with a girl paying on the first date? No. Okay. Yeah. So on the first date, like, um, I definitely want, I want to pay honestly until like, I actually trust you, <laughs> you mm. know, like, or like, I feel like serious. And then it's like, okay, so on a third date, like I'm, I'm never going to go in without not expecting to pay. That's yeah. just full stop. Yeah. Right? Um, and it, I would like, we would have to be very serious for me to be like, huh, okay. Like I don't, I can't just see that happening. Right? Yeah. And then if on the first date she pushes to pay, I'm going to think that she's not interested. Um, mm. So that's so so I, I would read it either she's not interested, so I'll kind of like change my approach. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm gonna I don't know. It I don't that's know. An I, interesting think, point. I, I think it might be a red flag, to be perfectly honest, mm. if she feels the need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because well, what if she like, asked you out? What if the girl asked you out? So tech because we're so used to guys asking the girl out, so it's expected to be like, okay, he asked me out, so he's gonna pay for my date. Uh-huh. What if she asks you out and she's like, because I asked you out, I want to be the one to pay. Unless she made it very clear before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless she made it very, like, like or unless she like really drove the whole situation. Okay. Where it's just like follow-ups, like, you know, like the way guy would like, okay, here, you like follow-ups and all of that stuff. Like, but like, yeah. if it's just kind of like, here, you were talking and everything like, well, we should definitely check out this place and then let's go. Um, if we're going, right, then I'm I'm expecting to pay. Right. But if she's like, oh, no, I want to take care of you or something like that. Again, there's a level of trust. Like, I mean, I appreciate you wanting to take care of me. But like, <laughs> when I you say like, trust, though, what do you mean by that? I just I guess like you don't want see finish. Is that what it means? Like, you don't want it to be like she's looking at you some type yes, of way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That and like, you know, I just don't feel comfortable taking favors from people I don't know that well. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like okay. if let's say we're already friends and we were already cool and there was nothing like romantic going in and maybe like this is kind of opening that up and I can tr- I, I kind of know who you are, then I would be a little bit comfortable, you know, saying, hey, yeah, sure, pay, right? Um, but if it's like, say, we just met, we're talking, all of that happens and she says she wants to do this, um, you know, I, I would have to read that situation, just make sure like that's for real and like that's consistent with the kind of person you are. But even then I would still want to pay because obviously I don't know you that well. So that, right. that's the level of trust I mean. Just not necessarily, just like I know you enough to know that like this isn't bullshit and this is not going to be used in a weird way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 So, Get it. okay. So we've we done finance Um, and I just thought that was interesting. Uh, What about like emotional maturity, right? So I think this one is big. Because um, I feel like a lot of times, right, when you go into a relationship, a lot of a lot of women are saying, hey, uh, I don't want a project, you know, come correct, you know, figure your shit out. And, you know, I think it's I think a lot of guys feel the same way, even though I don't think a lot of guys feel comfortable saying that out loud. But I think a lot of guys are also like, you know, a lot of women are coming with like their trauma, emotional trauma from past relationships where the guy maybe lied and lied and cheated and all of that kind of stuff. So she never trusts anything any guy says. And now she's putting it on the new guy. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I'm curious, like what level of emotional, I, I'm saying maturity, but like, it's just kind of like, what level of emotional maturity are you comfortable with? 
going into a relationship? Like, you know, based on your past relationships and based on maybe what you've seen out in the, you know, in the world, um, what are the, what are your hard lines? You know, where, where are those boundaries for you? Oh, I have huge boundaries against like gaslighting. I don't, okay. I don't mess with that stuff where it's um, like. Can you, can you clarify gaslighting? Cause I mean, I know what it is, I think, but and I, cause I hear it all the time. But yeah. like just for those who don't know, what, what is gaslighting? Okay, the way I understand it, and I'm, I'm, I, there could be a def- different definition on Google, but the way I understand gaslighting is like they're making you feel like you did something that you didn't do, mm. right? Like they're they're gaslighting a situation or they're inflating a situation that actually isn't that much of a problem, but it's to make you feel like shit, right? Like interesting. You know, like if if you, I don't know, it's a very simple example, but let's say um, somebody kicked your shoe right. and you know, I did not kick your shoe. Right. right. And maybe you're the one that's always kicking my shoe. You're going to come out of nowhere and just start freaking out that I kicked your shoe. And I'm like, yo, I didn't kick your shoe. And you're like, yeah, you did. And like, it becomes this whole thing and you're gaslighting me. And usually gaslighters are usually the culprits because they're kind of doing the action to the person, but are making it seem like they're trying to avert it away from them. So they're gaslighting the situation. So so gaslighting is basically like um, denying the obvious. Yeah. It's like denying the obvious or just like, like, (sighs) yeah, because I think that's what it is. Right. It's kind of like an emotion because I've heard in different scenarios. Right. I've heard it like, um, you know, uh, I'm offended about something, right? And I'm telling you that I'm offended about this thing. That's a great and, example. Yeah. And and then you're 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 like, uh, what are you talking about? Like I never did that. And I'm just like you, but you did this. But you did. And yeah. you did that. And then you did this. And person's like, nah, I never did that. Like, yeah. like, you know, I you're you maybe you think I did that. And I'm sorry you feel that way, <laughs> but right. I never did that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But See, it's just like it's kind of like clear. And it's yeah. where these weird things where like um, it's never really physical. Yeah. It's always like conceptual Mental. things that like, yeah. yeah. So they basically, because you can't actually point to where they fucked up because mm-hmm. it was a time reference thing or yeah. just the kind of thing. And they didn't give you, give you all the things you needed to prove. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you don't have like hard evidence, but it's, it's like, I like, know. It's kind of yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of like, let's say uh, you're in the club and like, you see your girl, okay, let, me, let me just make it the normal thing. Actually, no, I want to flip it. So you're in a club and you see your girl in the club and your club girl's like, no, you didn't see me. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't see me in the club. It's right. like, yo, I saw you at the club. Well, did you right. talk to me? No, right. I didn't talk. It's like, of course we didn't talk because I couldn't see you after. But I, I right. saw you in the club. I waved, you looked at me and then you basically just looked away. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then you go around and it's like, hey, um, you know, so would that be gaslighting? Is that is that a perfect example? Yeah, when, so when those she's are like, various forms of gaslighting. I'm sure there are even other examples that we can't think of. But if right. you're getting gaslighted, you will definitely know. And I like I'm at a point, relationship, non-relationship, friendship. I don't mess with that nonsense for me at all. So interesting. as soon okay. as I sense that. It's not even like, oh, let's have a conversation, darling, and talk about the fact that we need to set this boundary because you shouldn't be gaslighting me. I'm breaking up with you. Okay. It's I'm not going to be in a relationship okay, with so you. That's so a hard, that's a hard line. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a hard line. And to me, that's even flexible. You know what I mean? Like some people, like, people might consider that rigid. Right. That's not a rigid boundary. That's like, no, that's, that's, there are levels to character flaws, right? right. There are levels to, you know, because you're, you're bringing two different people into a relationship. They have different traumas. So just to answer your question, like what level of emotional 
like, like, what am I willing to tolerate in a relationship? I need whoever I'm with to understand their triggers and mm. be working on that. Right. Because right. the most irritating thing for me, especially when it comes to relationships, because I can I can deal with it in like non-relationship stuff, like with family or like friends. I can be like, yo, you want to like you keep freaking out over this part. Is there like a trauma response here? Right. Why is this a trigger for you? You need to check that out. But in a relationship, I don't want to be hyping it up because it's it's I feel like when you start having conversations about the things that trigger you but you don't know yourself you don't know that that is a trigger you, it's not mm-hmm. like you need to know yourself 100% but I just feel like what's the point of the conversation because now I'm trying to teach you right. what's your trigger and trying to like motivate you to learn more about yourself right I, I can't, I can't like, tolerate that and then like you're not even ready to accept your shit so like right. it actually turns into an argument as exactly. opposed to um like figure your shit out right as because opposed to like uh, uh, an efficient conversation. That's, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That it's gonna go somewhere. It's gonna make our relationship better. Not like I've become like your therapist. Like, oh, right. okay, you know, I I can't. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I yeah. I cannot deal with that. Obviously, nobody's perfect, so there's certain things I'll work on. But I, that's a hard boundary for me. Like, yeah. if I sense that, you can sense that when you talk to somebody after like two days. I was talking to this guy one time. And he was like, he just kept talking, going on and on about how women cheat and you can't trust women and all. The, and I'm like, he's like going on and on. Right. And I'm like, does he know I'm a woman? Like, does he know he's talking to a girl? Like, I was so confused. But then he would talk oh. about how much he's such a lover and he's looking for that one woman. But then half of the conversation is like women cheat. Right. Like he keeps going on right. and on. And then I told him, I was like, yo. Um, I don't, I can't continue talking to you. And he kept saying like, oh, like, okay, but isn't this what, like, we're still getting to know each other. So like, even on a friend level, you should be able to let me know that, you know, this is what I'm saying is wrong because I don't want to sound stupid when I'm talking to, you know, women. Cause you know, I have a lot of sisters and I have this and I was like, you know, that's, that's amazing. That's great. That's not my business. Um, right. sorry. Like I literally, and this is Jumi learning boundaries, like, you know, I, it's, it's taking me some time, but I was just like, yeah, no. Cause the old right. me would be like, oh, you know, it's fine. Like whatever. He's trying um, to be nice. So he's trying, trying to, to be nice. Or let me not be, you know, yeah. mean, but I was like, I don't owe you anything. Like well, I was like, no, I don't want to be your friend. You make me uncomfortable. Like, right. <laughs> right. And I think it's like, you, if you unpack that too, it's just kind of like, you, you, how you, how do you say you, you, oh, you have a lot of sisters. Like clearly you don't talk to them. Right. Cause like, they would feel the same exact way. Like they would be able to tell you like, you know what I mean? Like honestly, because you can tell like the difference, right? Like, you know, you can't be telling a new woman that you just met about how women cheat. Like, like you just sound bitter and hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm supposed to prove myself to you. Like one time we were talking and mind you, not, we haven't gone on a date. It's more like a friend thing. And I just, I went ghost for like two hours, three hours having fun with my friends. Oh, where were you? <laughs> were you like with another guy? Are you crazy? Wow. Yeah, like, I don't even know you. Serious insecurities right there, <laughs> man. Serious issues. Yeah. Yeah. And serious I'm not trying insecurity. to like, honestly, it sounds like I'm clowning. No, 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 no. These honest- are fair. These are fair. Like these are things that should be clowned. These are things yeah. that I'm just like, yo, you you gotta, I mean, I hope me setting that boundary and just being like, yo, I can't, I can't be around this like makes him start to reflect like no okay no, it's not gonna work he's gonna do this to some other girl like for sure like i'm serious really, right? i mean yeah I'm, it's I, crazy I, I feel like that's important i think and, and that's the reason i'm asking you because i know that like when women are 
voicing out their frustrations and talking about the different things that they have to do and deal with with men. I think like this is one of those key things, right? The, the emotional maturity thing. And I feel like even like the gaslighting thing might be an emotionally mature person who's just taking advantage. You know right. what I mean? I'm kind of right. manipulating the situation to their advantage, which is obviously, you know, toxic, right? Um, right. One of the things that's interesting, and I'm going to just touch on this, right? I, you know, because... I feel like you have like, to say something. Bro, I'm just feeling like, I feel like what that guy says, a lot of women say, you know, oh, guys just cheat. Yeah, guys shake cheat. the table, guys, shake the guys, table. Guys, <laughs> guys, you know, like guys don't care. Guys are not emotionally intelligent. They're not this, like, and it's like, you know, so a lot of guys are just kind of like listening and sitting and eating that. And, you know, if you say anything else, you're being misogynistic or you're not literally considering like the way, like how women feel. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of like, I feel like, oh man. All right. I'm just going to say it. I feel like for a lot of women, the trauma response has become like cool. And yeah. what I mean yeah. by that is like, like, like when you do the, your trauma response, everybody's like clapping for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like in a way where like, like if a guy does that kind of stuff, like in front of you, like even the guys are going to be embarrassed. Like if, if, if I saw that happening, what that guy was saying to you, I'd be like, yo, like fam, like, yo, you're showing your ass right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I was his friend, I will like tap him like, you get the, f- like, let's go. You know, yeah. like, it's done. Forget about yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like with, um, with a lot of women, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, guys cheat, like, you know, they're, they're doing this. And it's like the worst case scenario, the worst case occurrence is kind of what you expect from men. And like, obviously it's fair because one, patriarchy, two, because mm-hmm. of that, a lot of men have uh, taken advantage of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And it has also allowed us to not like, what's the word? Develop, uh, emotionally? develop emotionally as quickly as women, right? Yeah, because yeah. We're, we have to be less conscious. We don't have to be as conscious as women do. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I understand mm-hmm. the frustration. But a lot of times it's just like, yo, just because this dude cheated on you and because like this huge basketball woman player cheated on this beautiful woman that, ha- you know, this guy has 5,000 women throwing themselves at him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. all those women knew that you were dating him <laughs> and they didn't give a shit. They wanted to right. like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's kind of like, that's a muscle. A lot of these guys have not built. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's a, lot, a muscle. And I'm not making any excuses, but I'm just essentially saying that like um, that emotional maturity, I think goes both ways sometimes. And I think women are more emotional, um, emotionally mature. I don't, I, I feel like the trauma response is really the problem. I feel like because um, of what's happened in the past and what seems to be the consistent story, maybe along across a bunch of the different guys, um, a, a bunch of their, uh, among their friend group, for example, um, there's this energy and like they go in with a certain energy. And that's the key thing. Cause when I'm talking to guys who are, you know, that are dating and everything, like that's what you're complaining about. It's just like, yo, they're coming to this energy and I can't like, you know, I just don't want that fight. Like, yeah, I don't want yeah. that responsibility to convince you that I'm a good guy. You know, someone I'm yeah. saying, like, I, I yeah. don't want that responsibility. And it's just like anything I do, anything I mistakenly say or not say or not capture, it's like, you, you, you know, you want you want me to basically be able to anticipate and adjust all of that. But when you're on the other side, you also want me to do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. there's a lot of expectation there where I, it, it doesn't feel as balanced. And a lot of guys, I feel like, are a little concerned about that. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things I would say, like a lot of guys, essentially I'm saying that like, and this is, this would be my line too, but like the line is like that. How do you handle your emotional trauma? 
right? Like, how do you, how do you handle that? Like, are you able to look outside and say, Hey, you know, it's just like, Hey, sometimes like if there's, there might be a trend with what you're doing and who, not necessarily who you're attracting, but like how you're managing those uh, romantic relationships that I'm not necessarily involved in. But like, if you have a good handle of that, and then I can be able to understand and like cater to you more. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as opposed to like, you don't really understand that, but like one, I need to be perfect based on this idea of, you know, of all the things you've been told work. And then you have to also be able to deal with my trauma because men are bad. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Right. And I think that I'm very big on if you're in a relationship you know, if you're in trend, like in this weird transitional period or whatever the situation is, right. it's so important to work on your boundaries. Like really and truly when you're in a relationship, it is not anybody else's responsibility to make you happy. Your partner shouldn't be making you feel like shit. Right. right? But they are not responsible for your happiness. If anything, like they, they can add to it, but they're not responsible for it. And yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. And, and then when you look at social media too, like it's fun to cheat. Like, oh, I mean, they have these terms like sneaky links and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, unfortunately, women tend to have this trauma response. It's typically not after, from what I've heard, right? I talk to like my male friends. They get cheated on one time. Or let's just say that they found their girlfriend talking to another dude. Maybe the girl didn't even like follow through with like sex, right? right? And it's like everything shuts down, right? Like the whole world, women are sneaky, da 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 And then with women... (laughs) What I found out, even with that dude, like it's only one girl happened to be talking to another dude, right? Out of all the girls he's ever talked to. Maybe before and, they made it official too. Right. Like, and maybe yeah, that was man, the worst of that shit. Yeah. Maybe he was, that was the one he was in love with and like all hell broke loose. All women should go to hell. Right. And, but then with women, it will, it's usually, it happens multiple times with multiple dudes, right? right? They will like get cheated on, get into another relationship and be like, you know what? I'm still open to love. The guy would cheat on them again. Then it's like, okay, third relationship. I'm still open to love. And it's like, it happens back to back. And you're just like, okay, all right. It doesn't like, you know, I'm not excusing that. Right. But Mm. I'm just saying that I just think in general, like relationships, it's almost fun to be toxic, especially now when you get on social media and stuff. So I'm really for doing the work. I personally have zero tolerance, like at the point I am in my life, zero tolerance for trying to tell somebody about themselves and the trauma that they're supposed to work on. Like, don't get me wrong. People have triggers. And I'm like, if you're close to anybody, they're going to trigger you unintentionally. Right. Right. Maybe you don't even understand. Like I've been seeing this thing on TikTok where a guy will be playing with his like girlfriend's stomach and she'll be like, what if that was like the last straw? Like, what if I was suicidal? <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Wow. Like, it's supposed to be a joke, right? right? Even though that shouldn't be a joke, but it's supposed to be like funny. But sometimes people might, you know, trigger you unintentionally. They're right. well-meaning. So definitely have those conversations. Mm. That's not a reason to break up with someone. But you know when it's like, if I'm having a conversation with you and we're just not on the same vibration, I'm trying to talk to you about healthy relationships and you're telling me that, all women cheat, then it's, it's a mismatch there, buddy. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah. So I guess the, the, the key thing here is like, I, I mean, for you, I mean, the hard line is emotional maturity, right? And, um, and essentially I would say for me, it would be emotional maturity as well. And really, and, and 
part of that is being able to deal with your trauma response, like understanding, like, and, and I think that's the reason why sometimes when someone drops from one relationship into another, that's part of the reason why it's not recommended just simply because you've not dealt with the trauma from the past relationship. You've not dealt with like the heartbreak and all of those kind of things that like show up, you know, as a result of that not working or betrayal or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a little interesting project and I'm curious, like, what other people, what other people's lines are. So I think, I don't know, I'll be, I'm curious what people think about these kind of things, like where their lines are, where their boundaries are, you know? I just, I also think it depends on like where they are in their life, right? Because sometimes you, you might be talking to someone and you're like, you know, in your heart, this person's not a match, but they look good. So it's like <laughs> infatuation, you well, know, then your like line, your line is, eyes. your line might be, you know, physical I, attraction yeah, yeah, right your like, line might be sex like your line <laughs> might be like here okay I'll, like you know this this chick is crazy but you know we can have right. a good time together you know right. and like exactly and then we can have a few good times together but then i got i gotta run yeah but <laughs> you know? that like sometimes it'll turn into four years and a child so Whoa. You know, Whoa. I mean, <laughs> listen, I've heard so many situations like that where it's like you I just I knew that they weren't for me, but we just there was just so much passion and it's usually yeah, tends to I be mean, physical and yeah, I mean, we and had so that's much obviously, fun together and okay. then they enter this dysfunctional relationship. So I just think it depends on so, yeah, so what level of issues. growth, because <laughs> me like five years ago, I'd be like, I can fix him. That's what a lot of girls do. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I can I can help him through that or I can help her through that depending because a lot. I, I mean, I have male friends who are very emotionally intelligent and like you, like we're, we're very close and you're a very, a very emotionally intelligent man. So, you know, I've had friends who be like, oh, well, she's crazy, but like she's a lot, but I can help her through that trauma. No. Yeah. Yes. No. Don't try to help anybody through yeah, their trauma. Yeah. It's yeah, that end. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of a lot of people have to just learn that from like real life experiences. Experience, right. I definitely had to learn that from yep. real life experience. Like, okay, yeah, you I mean, I didn't think I could, but like you know, you're right. Don't even explore the physical part. Just stay away. Yes, <laughs> I, I take absolutely. it back. Stay away. Like it's just yeah. better for everybody. Okay, so we've addressed family and we've done romantic relationships, which I, I felt were the most core, um, you know, types of relationships that, so pretty much the hardest places to set boundaries, right? Um, now I think everything else is a little bit more relaxed, but I think still a little bit interesting. So with friends, like where where would you say you've set a boundary with your friends? On Unofficially, officially, whatever the case may be, like where's the time you're like, oh, got to change this. That's a great question. So I had a friend in college and we were roommates and that friendship, she was a great girl in the sense of like, I know she loved me so much. I know that she loved being my friend and she was very into acts of service. Like if it was my birthday, she would, um, you know, throw a party for me and everything. And one thing I want to say is that, you know, sometimes setting boundaries with people, it can be hard because like, there's also this wonderful part of them, right? right? So um, so she was like, she really loved on me the best way she possibly could, but she had a lot of triggers and trauma around friendships. And I think she hadn't had like successful friendships in the past, if I remember correctly. So, you know, I'm 
you know, go with the flow. I make, I have other friends that right. people that I'm close to. Right. And she would get so jealous in a way that I just, for the life of me, could not understand. Because I'm right. like, I, I'm like, I've never been jealous about a friendship. Like even my best friends who have other best friends, I don't care. Like I don't, I'm right. never going to question my relationship in your life because I know where I stand, right? right? Until you tell me otherwise. Right. So she was just, she had so much like one day I, I said her birthday by accident. No, I, I didn't say her birthday by accident. I said somebody else's birthday before hers and she freaked out. That's just like one example, right? Wow. So we used to wow. butt heads all the time and I lived with her, but she was also like my best friend in school. So it was just so like, ugh. So the final straw for me, I had gone over her house over the summer and we had this like huge blowout over something really ridiculous, right? So it made me uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm in your territory. I'm in your house and you're acting like this. Then it just makes me want to leave, right? right? So long story short, I end up leaving and I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to tolerate this ever again. So I I stopped talking to her. She called me like a week after and I was like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and keep trying to convince you that I'm a good friend and that you can trust me to be your friend. So I don't want to be friends with you anymore. So we stopped talking like completely and I was just done with her. I mean, she came back, you know, she apologized. And over the years, our friendship has definitely, we're not that close anymore. Right. We, we, we keep in touch. And I think she knows not to, I don't want to say F with me, but she knows that like. Keep her distance. Right. She knows. Right. Right. She knows to keep her distance, and not even just that. She just knows not to ever flare up like that because I've already told her I don't want to be friends with you if you're going to continue to act like that. And for the the reason why she kept acting the way she was acting was, and then me trying to talk to her and sort it out was it was like validation for her that I wanted the friendship. Right. So now that I've shown her that I will not tolerate this type of friendship. It's like, she doesn't have any more cards to play. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, that has been a situation where I was like, listen, I needed to like physical, mental, emotional boundary all at once. And I was just kind of like, no, if you're going to keep acting like this, I'm not going to be your friend. We don't go to the same school anymore. I don't have to tolerate you. We don't have to be friends in the real world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's one example that, that that's where I had to set a boundary Mm. with a friend. Yeah, for me, like, I feel like, you know, uh, respect is key. Mm. You know, I think that uh, for me, it's like, I try to treat everybody with respect. Like, literally, from the janitor to the guy that, like, anybody, high level, low level, like, siblings. Like, I try to treat everybody with respect, right? And so for me, it's just like, if I don't get that back, and it happens, like, multiple times, you know, and I can yeah. see, then it's just like, oh, okay, like, because then... Just the way I carry myself, like, if you do that, then I just know you don't, like, fuck with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's not, and you don't, it's not like, oh, bow down to me. Oh, hey, I'm your, no, it's not like, it's just kind of like, hey, like, it's like, it's really just human decency. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I respect myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I expect you to respect yourself. And if you can't keep that energy, like, then I don't want to want to be around it. So for me, every, every time that I've had to, like, that's like, a boundary for me. Every time I've been like, oh, yo, like, and it's not even per, like, I guess it is personal, but like, I don't, I don't get angry or I don't like, I mean, maybe depending on the situation, but I really just kind of like, if I see that, then I just know to take a step back. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to convince you to like treat me with respect. 
Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, so what I'm saying. So I'll just take a step back, like kind of let everything kind of go, reflect on like what it is, you know, because a lot of times it's just like people try to justify, you know, like for me anyway, like people try to justify certain type of behavior for whatever the reason, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, you kick, you stole my shit or you kick my thing or whatever the case may be. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I it's just like, dude, like, you know, if that's the way, if we are friends, we can communicate and have that casual communication uh, conversation. Like it can be something that we can do. If that's something you don't feel like comfortable doing with me or, you know, kind of handling, then it's just like, not for me. You know, right. like I remember there's a time right. like where somebody like I legit, I knew they had done some wild shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're stolen from me, but they're stolen from something I help contribute to, right? Mm. And I pulled up and I was like, hmm, okay. So, you know, just between me and you, like, what happened? That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Like, I know, and I was going to tell them, hey, because this is what I was told, right? Yeah. But, it, you know, just when I asked, like, hey, like, you know what I mean? And the person would be blank dead in the face and he's just like, no, uh, nothing, whatever the case may be. I That's was like, scary. oh, shit. Yeah, so I was just like, I was just like, whoa, okay. So, like, in my head, it's just, like, I recognize that, like, let's say if I see you as a friend, like, a close friend, like, you definitely don't see, we don't see each other the same way. You don't see me on the same level, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, okay, so now, at that point, you have to decide for yourself whether, you know, this is still a cool friendship or cool situation for you to be in, or if, you know, the paradigm has changed. You know, some people are okay with that. Some people are, like, that's cool, they lied to me, but I think they still like me, or whatever the case may be. But like for me personally, they're just like, they're, I would almost say it's like a character trait, you know, it's like there's certain like lines that you don't cross and ultimately it comes up to that. And the thing is, you can even lie to me because I've lied to before, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when the situation comes up, when I'm confronted, I will admit it. I will be like, right. yo, right. I fucked up. I did this. I shouldn't have done that. I handled this whole shit wrong. You know, that's what I'm saying. And then like that gives you an opportunity for the person. Like if the person says, yo, I don't care. I don't fuck with you no more. I understand because that's their boundary. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that yeah. lie was kind of like too much for them. So, you know, for me anyway, like I feel like that's like a key thing. Like loyalty, important. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I think another key one for me too is like good communication skills. Mm. You know, not like... In a friendship? Yeah. Like, yeah. because like sometimes like, you know, when you're friends with somebody, I don't know if you've ha- had this experience, but like sometimes like... You're friends with somebody, right? And you're like, yo, you're the home, like, you know, you're the homie, like everything's great. But it's just like, because of the way they kind of aren't able to share their feelings or their thoughts or whatever their issue is, you don't know where you stand with them. You know, mm-hmm. so what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's like one of those things where it's just like, if like, I've gone to that point where it's like, if I don't know where I stand with you, if like, you're not able to like share, like if I fucked up, I need you to be the one that tells me I fucked up. Yeah. I obviously don't need to hear from anywhere else and I need you to feel comfortable. So I need to create like, so I try to do my best anyway to create an environment where I can receive that information and whether or not I like it, I I try to make it comfortable for you enough for you to say, okay, he's going to get it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm saying this this is an issue, he's going to get it, you know? But if I don't feel like, you can do that on a regular basis in like any way, right? Like sometimes too, just like, you know, some people with their communication style is like, 
um, you know, like they scream or they shout or whatever the case may be. And obviously that's, that's an issue for me too, but that I can work with if like, it's a worthy, like if I literally, it's like, if I just like stepped on your foot and you screamed out yeah. or whatever the case may be, then obviously I get it. So if there's some situations where I can get the reaction, mm-hmm. I can, I can deal with the reaction. And there, there's some situations where like, um, you know, I can't, right? So, mm-hmm. but, but the, like that effort to kind of make, to have better communication skills, like for me, it's key because once you have the respect thing down and you have the communication thing down, even if it doesn't like, even if the friendship doesn't work or it doesn't go along anywhere of those lines, then like I can manage, like we can manage whatever happens. You know, what I'm saying, cause yeah. I'm going to understand it. Okay, if I'm fucking up, then I know that you're going to be able to communicate that to me. You know what yeah. I mean? If, and if, you're fucking up. I'll definitely try and communicate that to you. Right. right. But like that keeps the balance. Like, I feel like when those two things are down, then you don't really know where you stand with the person, you know, like yeah. so imagine the person doesn't respect you or what, let's say they do it, your friend or whatever, but they're like doing some shady shit. Like, and then, you know, they're not telling you what their issue is, but they just mm-hmm. started doing shady shit. And you're like, huh, interesting. You know, how do you even like, so, so now I could try and communicate with you, but if you can't communicate back, then I'm just, it's, it's so unbalanced because like now you're giving everything away. Like, oh, this is where I'm at. This is my issue. That, 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 that. And the person is like, okay, bet. <laughs> you understand what I'm right, saying? Right. So it's just like, okay, do you understand? Do you not understand? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so I, I feel like to me, like those are like the key things um, with that's friendship. The, that's not, I, I would, at that level, I wouldn't even consider that person a genuine friend. You know what, what level? I mean? Sorry. At the level of like lack of communication and doing shady stuff, because it's like you wouldn't yeah. really want that type of energy around you. You know that what is I mean? Very, that is very true. But I do think that like that can happen, like, because the reason why I'm even saying this, right? Because that mm-hmm. can happen. Like, I can understand that's actually shadiness. Yeah. Like, if let's say there's frustration. So like, if let's say somebody mm. has grown to have resentment and they're not doing, and they're not necessarily doing shitty things. So you like, you know, let's say they're just like acting in ways that you don't understand. Let's, yeah, that's let's say different that. to how they yeah. normally act with yeah, you. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're just doing things that you don't necessarily understand and you don't really get why, you know, you know, so what I'm saying. And the reason why I'm saying all of this is because like, you know, that's how, that's where it starts to break down. So let's say yeah. we were friends, like, you know, you and the other girl we were talking about, you were friends and everything was great, right? It got to the point where you had to draw that line because you could see that that person couldn't manage a key thing that you need from a friend, right? Maybe it was an insecurity issue, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it's just like, okay, cool. I understand everybody being insecure. I understand you having this trauma response, but, you know, it, I'm getting to the point where like, I can't really tolerate that anymore. Or I've tried to kind of reel you in. I've tried to like convince you all of the above, but that doesn't really work anymore. You know? So for me, like, it's not like, oh yeah, like the show stuff, like, oh, uh, if, if I see that, like, I'm going to question it and I'm going to question you. Right. But you also get to a point where if they don't know how to communicate or they're not willing to communicate. Right. And when you even question them, right. They're, you're not going to get much back, right? So then they start realizing like, yeah, so for me, those are like the two key things. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like there are other things like loyalty, honesty, all of that kind of stuff. But like, uh, like I feel like that's just kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> another, I mean? thing, another thing for me with, with, with setting boundaries with friends, I don't like being in situations where I have to prove myself. Uh, and that was kind one. of like, you know, what happened with that 
girl that I had to set such a hard boundary with. I don't I don't like that stuff because it's like if you know me, you know me. I I genuinely I, I mean what you see is what you get. Like I'm never not consistent in my character or my behavior or my vibe, right? right. So if you're not sure of who I am as a person, you have every right to feel that way, right? Because I'm not perfect. I probably do weird things sometimes, but I, I'm not going to be there to prove myself unless I do something wrong and I'm genuinely like, okay, I need to apologize because I'll own up to my bullshit as well. But if you're just sitting by yourself and you're like, oh, I need Jumi to prove that she loves me as a friend and I'm, I'm, I don't have that time. Yeah. I don't have I, that uh, time. So, yeah. I mean, I hear that. Yeah. And I think, I think with this case, right, I'm, I'm curious what other people's lines are. Obviously, this is just something that we had to like go personal and it's not even like that personal. I think those are just kind of clear lines that like I, I can recall, but I'm curious what other people's lines are, to be perfectly honest, you know? And uh, because, you know. I'm sure it's the same thing though. I don't. I don't actually think so. And I think a lot of people have good reasons for why it's not. It's different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, um, and that's the reason why I'm curious because mm-hmm. it's like, how does that mix? mix? So mm-hmm. if let's say, okay, so we're friends, right? And like now, okay, we're, we're family, but we're also friends, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, not, like you just said your boundaries and I just said my boundaries. And you can see that there's no like interchanging. So it's almost mm-hmm. like, I think it's almost like a trauma response, really. Mm. It's, you know, it's almost like a, mm. this is from my experience and the things that have not gone well or gone well, this is the trend I notice. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is what I've grown to value over this, right? Yeah. So, so I, yeah. I, I think that's interesting. So that's, that's just why I like- good, That's a very good point. Yeah. Very so, so, so I'm, I'm super curious, like, you know, cause you know, what are those values, right? Cause we talk about with family and there's a lot of culture that, that kind of like is enmeshed in that. Um, mm-hmm. we've talked about romantic relationships, you know, which kind of makes sense, but like, you know, with friends, like, I feel like that's where it's, it, it varies because you're their friends, your colleague, they could be colleagues or acquaintances, professional mm-hmm. environment. So over all those lines, I think vary. You know what I right, mean? Right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think all in all, I think we covered it. So, you know, the last little bit I want to talk about, and I think this helps just simply because, um, like, how does the how do violation of boundaries happen? You know, that's the question I'm, I'm really asking next, right? Like, how do you know that um, basically it's happening and what are the causes for it, right? Because I feel like when you're thinking about, you know, protecting your boundaries and like prioritizing wh- whatever your boundaries are and that feeling of not feeling good when your boundaries are violated. I Okay, I'll give you, for me personally, I think until recently, I didn't even know how to articulate that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you know, mm-hmm. like, have you ever like been with like, you know, maybe you're hanging out in a situation and like, you just don't feel good. Like the vibes aren't good, but you can't really explain why the vibes aren't good. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, yeah. you know, whatever the reason, it's just like, I don't know, man. So for me, it's just like, and or you're doing things that you don't feel like are characteristic to you because you're in this situation. Right. Yeah. And I think we've all done that in some capacity, especially probably in like high school. Right. If everybody's trying to fit in. But, um, so how does that violation happen, right? So one of the first ones, and, and we talked about it casually, right? But it's self-betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. And like self-betrayal is this idea of like, 
you know what you want, but you're sacrificing what you want. Matter of fact, not what you want, what you need to make yourself feel comfortable in whatever that situation is because you're trying to fit in with the group, you know, accommodate a specific person that you care about, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, you're betraying your inner sensibilities. You know what I mean? So it's just like if let's say you have an issue with people touching you, but this person is your teacher, you know, or your professor or your boss. So mm-hmm. they touch you in inappropriate places. Right. And like, you don't Jesus. know how to like go, you know, yeah. draw the line. I'm just, I'm just really exaggerating. Yeah, no, that's here, a right? good, but it's a good but, example. But, you know happens. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And and so you're, you're kind of like, you know, so you keeping quiet, right. And not like acknowledging or calling out the issue is a sign of self-betrayal. Now it's not like, oh, you're, it's, you're, it's your fault. And why couldn't you do anything? Obviously we understand the pressures around that, you know, when people are, forced to do that, but that's an example of self-betrayal, you know? And I feel like that's like super key when it comes to, um, the boundaries. I think for me personally, it, you know, like that's kind of been what it is. I talked about the whole time issue, but and I think sometimes for me, a lot of times it's a resource thing. You know, I think with emotions, I'm pretty good with physicals. I don't know. I'm a big black guy, so it's not typically a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless I run into the police, but knock on wood, I've been okay as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, like I feel like uh, a lot of times it's really like, you know, self-betrayal is really what kind of um, triggers or at least is the first, like, is the first bound line. <laughs> when the boundary is broken, I feel like that's kind of where it is. If you act, then, you know, you basically are protecting your boundaries. If you don't, it's like studying off as self-betrayal. But like, what do you think about self-betrayal just conceptually? Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I also do want to say that I think she touched on this in the book, or if I'm making this up, then whatever, just rock with me. But I <laughs> do you. think most boundaries that are not like, you know, extreme where it's like a stranger is touching your shoulder or something. Um, I think there's an adjustment period because if you're so used to having a dynamic with someone and then all of a sudden you're like, mm, you know, don't do that. I think that it takes a while to really, I don't want to say respect the boundaries, but there's, there's just an adjustment period, right? For For you you to be able to enforce your boundaries. For you to enforce your boundaries. Like for example, like me and my, my sister, um, we talk like all the time, right? We, 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 we call each other like five times a day on FaceTime. Like we're always in constant communication. And recently, you know, I've set a boundary where it's like, okay, you're always talking about the situation. And when we're talking about it, you, you, you flare up and that's way too much for me. Like it feels like emotional dumping and you know, she's pretty emotionally intelligent as well. So she's cognizant of that, but sometimes it's still like sneaks out a little bit, you know? So like, because it's, we're so used to this dynamic that I think there, there is an adjustment period, but yeah, I do mm. think a lot of times with boundaries, I'm like you in terms of resources. I think that's where I really quote unquote, there's a lot of self betrayal there. <laughs> um, Cause I'd be like, Oh, I don't have time for this. And it's like, but please. And it's like, okay, maybe I can make 15 minutes or so. Then I see the whole time. Right. Which is just right. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think self betrayal. I think sometimes it sounds really harsh because it's like, I'm letting myself down again. And you can get into this like negative self-talk, but I also think it's important to label it as self-betrayal so that you know that this is not something that you want to stay in and continue to repeat that cycle of not enforcing boundaries. And I do also want to say another thing is that sometimes you set boundaries (laughs) that you want 
Okay, this is going to sound really strange. Sometimes you set boundaries that you low-key hope somebody violates. Okay, please explain that one. So I think this tends to happen more like in relationship type situations or mm-hmm. they're like certain dynamics if it's a trauma response and you want people to like prove themselves to you. Right. So the reason why I'm saying that is because the whole concept of self-betrayal only really happens when you like you're setting boundaries that you actually want to keep, not boundaries where you hope somebody pushes back on them. Because I feel like a lot of people tend to do that quite often. Right. I won't go much much further into that. I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm sure the listeners probably know what I'm talking about as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just leave that there. I don't want to, I don't, I'm, I'm good. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I feel like another one is like codependency. I think you were talking oh God, about that. that. You were yeah. talking about how like, you know, I think you were, you were describing how, you know, sometimes like people are tied into to each other. So it's just, it's more, it's not that easy. I think it was the sibling uh, example that we're talking about. So I think yeah. like codependency, codependency definitely happens, right? I think we're talking about um, a while back on your podcast. Um, you should go check it out, Word to the Wise. Um, we're talking about uh, Malcolm and Marie, right? Yeah. And we're talking about how that was like a huge codependency thing where like, you know, obviously they were super toxic to each other, but you could see how um, Marie inspired and helped Malcolm basically come up with this story, right? But you could also see how Malcolm depended on her, but didn't want to depend on her creatively beyond her just inspiring him. Right. You know what I mean? And like, right. it was kind of this weird thing there. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on like codependency and how that like, you know, kind of helps blur boundaries or not? Yeah, no, it definitely helps to blur boundaries, right? Because you're just like, you're just like, like, again, is that it goes back to that whole routine with someone, right? Like, for example, if you have a couple, I don't know why drugs keep coming up in this conversation, but <laughs> <laughs> if you have like friend, a friend, uh, two friends or like a couple and they always do drugs together, they depend on each other to like, you oh, know, maintain the lifestyle that they have. Right. It's that's like huge codependency. Right. Mm. And it's so difficult when one person is trying to change their life and set that boundary. And it like I'm, I'm sure I can guarantee you that boundary will continue to be violated. ignored or right. violated because the dynamic and that codependency is so strong. They feel like they need each other. Even right. when you are, you're outgrowing the person, that's a tricky thing with codependency. Even when you're outgrowing the pe- person, you still feel like you need them. Like they're part right. of your life. They're part of like your, I don't know who you are as a person. So that that's the very like sticky, icky part about codependency. And that's why people get stuck in a lot of relationships and dynamics that they should not be in anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's very well said. Very well said. Um, I think that's really it. Like, I think we already talked about the emotional oversharing and emotional dumping. Um, I think we've covered it enough for the people to understand the point there. Um, I think the big thing, obviously, is just like trauma. I think, um, I think that's what leads to loose boundaries. I think that's what leads to rigid boundaries. Um, and, uh, I think ultimately, like, we kind of want to check that trauma we want to kind of acknowledge that thing and i and it's weird right because i don't think there's any clear way on of, of on how to heal that you kind of just have to go through it's like grieving you know you just have to go through it you're gonna have to deal with the feelings that come plus positive or negative kind of have to acknowledge them you have to acknowledge your part 
in whatever it was, you know, not that it's your fault, but just whatever part you played, right? So like you don't repeat those patterns um, or you kind of are prepared for those part patterns, you know, or yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I, like, sorry, go. Sorry, I just also wanted to say that one thing that she, again, <laughs> I keep forgetting, I'm like, I don't know if she said this exactly in the book, but I've, I've seen one, this. So keep going. I, <laughs> I've seen it in other places as well, but boundaries aren't supposed to be fixed either, depending on the dynamic situation or the relationship, right? Sometimes people grow, people change, people evolve, and you might grow a different relationship with that person. Right. So sometimes, you know, you can do an inventory of your boundaries because I don't like boundaries are, is this thing that people keep talking about all the time. And like I said, it's, it's something that really is a case by case basis. And you really have to check in with yourself because what I need a boundary for may, may not be the same thing you need a boundary for. Right. Um, so, and I think that sometimes, you know, friendships, relationships take on different chapters in our lives, right? Maybe there, there's somebody that was your arch enemy in elementary school, and then you reconnect with them in college and fall in love with them and get married to them. Right. So, you know, a lot of times we, go through different chapters in our lives. We transform, we change. People also transform and change. So certain boundaries that we needed to have with people, um, you know, we may be open, we should be open to reevaluating those sometimes. Because I think the whole idea, like you said, is just not to be so rigid, right? right? Like boundaries are supposed to be flexible. And I think part of that flexibility is being like, okay, do I need to, loosen this boundary up a little bit is this person maybe this person can start calling me again right maybe right. it's not so bad right and then, exactly i think i think it's it's just a constant assessment of how you feel yes right? like constant that's, assessment. That, yep that's that's really key like just to managing that because um you know i feel like a lot of times people use boundaries to like justify bullshit behavior you know okay. and like you know or not like dealing with or not yes. dealing with like the thing that's actually the issue. And I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. So you know, I'm just like, dude, like those are the rigid issue. people. I yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And, it's like, Yo. and sometimes yeah. they do that, but it's just like, they obviously care about the thing. So work through it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, you know, they, they, these ideas, sometimes people use it as a way to deny or just use it for denial. Yeah. Okay? I think yeah. like if, if you're in person, like what, what my understanding is from this book, um, it's just really like it, the idea of the boundary is really to protect yourself and, and be feel comfortable in your own skin. Feel yeah. comfortable making the decisions you're making. Feel comfortable being the person that you are and working towards the things that you believe in, not necessarily yeah. what people around you believe in. You know, because... And if I bring it back to the whole point of this conversation, like what started is just kind of like there's a cultural shift that's happening for a lot of us, right? One, the world is changing faster than it ever has been before. You know, technological <laughs> advancements is affecting how we kind of associate with each other. Like, you know, I, how we connect, you know, across, you know, across all fucking communities, right? So to me, it's, it becomes a little bit trickier to listen to the advice your parents gave you because they have, their advice worked for them at a certain time at a different sense, sensibility. 
it doesn't work for you right now. It also works in this location, but may not work in this location. Right. You know what I mean? It may work with this dynamic. It might not work in this dynamic. There's so many differences, so many changes. And like, you know, they have like, you know, conceptually on the values, we can obviously always carry that with us. But a lot of the technical situation situational issues, very, very hard for them to be able to give advice, you know? So, and since all of it is new, nobody really has the answers. We're all kind of figuring it out on a day by day basis. You know what I mean? So, um, so I, I feel like when, when it comes down to kind of just understanding and like, you know, figuring out your, you know, your, your boundaries and figuring out like what you prioritize, what's you know how you prioritize yourself and how you feel i think it's just kind of like what makes your you know what makes your spirit feel good you know yeah. what, what what's you know and and sometimes i think there's like you said there's a trial period where you kind of have to work through okay where's my line you know your line might just show up out of nowhere because of how you feel in that situation and then you have to go back and think about the situation and be like hey am i tripping here or am i not you know what right, i mean like right. so it's it's a process like i think a lot of people just kind of decide, you know it's it's not impulsive it's it's really true to your spirit you know and like if your spirit changes make the adjustment you know but um, right yeah I think we're pretty much at the end. At the end, I like to get, you know, um, the final takes. And it's basically either your take. Um, Jim Jim has this thing on her podcast too, where it's just like um, the words of wisdom, I believe. Yeah, right? final like words of wisdom. Final, <laughs> final words of wisdom. So, you know, same vibe, right? So right. Um, you can basically talk about whatever you want. The thing I wanted to ask, and you kind of already answered this, and, uh, it's, you know, what's the boundary that you still struggle with? What do you feel like is the major one that you're kind of still trying to like get a, get a good handle on? I'm not going to like, to be very honest, I think the one I struggle with the most resources, like with time, mm-hmm. energy, money, all that stuff. But I, I still, I'm just trying to get better with the, yeah. you know, physical um, and emotional one. I'm I'm still working to get better on that. I'm not, um, I think I struggle with those, especially the emotional one, because I'm, I'm an empath, right? you know, so I'm, I feel people's feelings. And I think a lot of times because I I'm feeling what people are feeling, I want to solve it for them so that we can all stop feeling it. Um, (laughs) so just learning how to like create an energetic boundary for myself first um just so i'm not soaking up what other people are feeling and yeah i'm still learning for sure but i'm I'm trying more and more to get to the flexible side but the one that i struggle with the most resources like i I feel like i definitely stretch myself too thin Mm. and i just i don't know i just can't seem to yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, you're still working on that yeah, one. You're, yeah, you're still working yeah. it out. And it makes sense, right? Like, you know, as things evolve. Like for me personally, on the physical boundary side, I, you know, I would say mine is pretty loose there just simply because I don't, I don't, I don't ever feel violated on that front. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if there was a line. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I mean, 
you know, would be maybe unwarranted sexual advances. But yeah. thankfully, <laughs> like, I don't have to deal with that. You yes, know what I mean? So, yes. so I'm a little bit okay on that front. On an emotional side too, like, um, I'm pretty, I think I'll, I'll say I'm flexible, you know, in the sense that, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I pick and choose who I'm going to share with and who mm-hmm. I'm going to receive things from. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a cap on it. Typically, you shouldn't feel comfortable sharing with me if I don't, if, if I would have created that space. So yeah. I've gone, gone pretty good at like managing that. I'm, you know, if, if it's somebody I care about and you're going a little bit longer, I'm okay. Right. I'm flexible in that sense where like, I'm okay if, if it takes another 30 minutes to an hour to get your yeah. things out, especially for the people I care about, because, you know, sometimes it's key, man. It's important. So I never really have like, even though I'm wasting time, um, I don't never really have regrets with that. Um, especially if it's like an emotional thing, but I just, I, I don't think I have the capacity for the, for the dumping. Like I, yeah. I just won't be there. You just be like, I don't know. You will know that <laughs> I'm not the best for that, right, you know, right. or I'll just be telling you things that you don't want to hear so that you go, you can go, you know, <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I think for me, time and resources and money, I think those are like the biggest challenge for me. I think, um, depending on the situation, I might know that I shouldn't be doing this, um, in terms of time and money, but it's just like, Hey, it's necessary. This person needs it, whatever the case may be. So I will provide that, you know, and it's, it's, you know, I think it's comes to the, you know, I guess being there for the people that you care about. And sometimes mm-hmm. even for people that you don't like, you know, you work with, you know, and it's just like this yeah. person needs help and you need, you need to show up for them. So you don't, yeah. I don't need to, but I will, you know right. what I mean? So, That's me. um, yeah. yeah. So for me, I think I personally also struggle with that. I'm okay with it to some extent, but I think when it's not as serious, when it's not as life threatening or, you know, if it's not that important to them and I know it's not that important to them, I should do better at kind of like cutting that line, but right. I right. still need to work on it, you know? And, uh, yeah. And then, okay. So the last thing, um, that I want to get out of you is just like, you know, like following reading this book, like you you probably had a perspective of boundaries going in after reading this book. Like, what is your, you know, like, what would you say is the most important thing people should take away from understanding boundaries? Um, that they need to be flexible. Because before reading this book and, you know, I was, I've been looking into boundaries, you know, before, prior to reading the book, I see a lot of stuff on social media. I follow mm-hmm. a lot of pages that talk about those type of things. So the idea of boundaries wasn't um, new to me, but the way she broke it down between like loose, flexible, rigid, I was like, that's such a simple way of breaking it down. But that's the first time I've heard people break it down that way. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'm like, oh, okay, it, it doesn't, it's not something that's daunting, right? Because right. every single time that like maybe you don't set a boundary the way you want to, it's like, oh my God, I, I effed it up. Like, what's the point in doing this? Or at least that's how I feel, right? I used to always think that I needed to get to the rigid side of things or closer to the rigid side of things. Not exactly like super rigid, but I felt like boundaries needed to be this really strict, strict thing. And sometimes right. they're not, it's really about, being flexible, checking in with yourself. Maybe there's a day where I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone and I need to set that boundary. And even though maybe all my friends call me all the time, I'm just going to be like, for this day, don't call me. And then the next day, maybe I'm okay talking, right? So I always used to feel like a boundary, it's like black or white. But I love that she explains the gray area Mm. 
So if anybody is really interested in learning more about boundaries and stuff like that, I think it's very important to read this book because it will definitely give you insight and like different tools as to like how to kind of get or approach that flexible point. And I also like that she highlighted parts of, she gave an example of this woman who wasn't even sure that she needed to set a boundary. Like she was having all these emotional issues and then she realized that her mom was just very overbearing and didn't know her place. So I think this book will also like, as you're reading, you're going to be like, huh, do I have similar situations like that in my life where like, I feel very uncomfortable about someone, but I don't realize that I actually need to set a boundary with them. Right. So I think those are the things that, you know, I would, I would encourage people to look out for as they read yeah. the book. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that also made me, um, she also said something about like, you know, if you're around certain friends or groups or things like that, right. Like, you know, just in terms of how to kind of acknowledge the feelings that you have and trying to extrapolate what your issue is there. But yeah, that, that story was really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's it. That's it. Jimmy. Thank you for taking the time, man. It's been an extreme pleasure. I feel like we could keep going forever and ever. Forever. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, really enjoyed having you on. This was so fun. I had such a good time having this conversation and dissecting boundaries and talking a little bit of shit. So that was that was fun. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I think uh, we, should do, we should do a few more of these. So I'll Absolutely. Yes. That's the episode, guys. Big shout out to Jimmy for joining me and sharing so much on the episode. That was great. Um, you should definitely go check out um, Nicola Perra's book, How to Do the Work, or just follow her on Instagram. Lots of good insight there um, just on how to look at, into your mental health and um, deal with your own personal relationships. So I'll keep my take quick. I feel like there are a lot of takes uh, already on this episode. So my take today is... Setting boundaries is being accountable to yourself. It's a key from a self-care, if you're being honest. But when it comes to the people you love and those around you, you're responsible for communicating that boundary so they can better relate and serve you. Sometimes they may not be ready, but doing the work to engage and share with them provides an opportunity for your needs to be understood and possibly for you to better understand the needs of others. Setting boundaries is not simply putting yourself first, but it's putting your peace of mind first. It's putting your conscience first. And when we operate from that place, I think we get the best results. What do you think? You can share your feedback by writing to two takes on a pod at gmail.com. Too much stress, no problem. Follow me on social media at two takes on a pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can shoot me a DM there. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And while you're there, show some love and give this five stars. This has been Two Takes on a Pod. Thank you for listening. Peace. I need to save my time and energy